0: Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham in the West Midlands. Another lovely week to be at home. I know that that you are a long time now, home parents, educating your children and looking after your children and uh, things can get difficult at times. We do have... Groups for this. If you want to find out more about other support and things happening out there with Parents Lockdown Group, you'll be able to contact us on that. If you want to contact Unity FM and they will send you our details, approach of parenting, or contact us directly. Uh, my name is Kathleen, as you know, and I'm with you for the next hour. Inshallah, we've got a, a lovely program set up this evening for you because today we're going to be talking about infant mental health, as this week is Infant Mental Health Week. Winter Mental Health Awareness Week. I'm not too sure if you're aware of what does that mean and the importance of mental health and looking after our infants uh, the whole way from birth right up or even before birth. And actually to discuss this and discuss it in more detail, I've got a lovely person in front of me that you will enjoy listening to. She, she's an expert in this field. She is a consultant clinical psychologist Dr. Cathy Coombs. And I'd like to welcome you, Cathy, to our c- radio show this afternoon. Salam alay- Welcome to you. How are you, Cathy? I'm good. Thank you,
1: Kathleen. Thank you for inviting me to the
0: show. You're welcome. It's so nice having you here and I know you're such a busy person and I feel just so lucky to be able to get you onto the show this evening and have you here with me indeed uh, discussing this lovely topic that I'm passionate about and I know a lot of our listeners are passionate about and a lot of our listeners maybe have concerns or worries over this lockdown period and um, this information that you're going to tell them this evening will be wonderful indeed to educate them and help them to relieve their anxieties and know what to do in supporting their children around mental health. Um, so it's Infant Mental Health Week. We, we have tr- problems trying to explain mental health to adults and how to look after their health. So when we're talking about infant mental health, what would we be thinking about? What does is, is that look like, infant mental health? So if I can
1: explain, Kathleen, infant mental health, it, it describes when we're thinking about a baby's social and their emotional well-being. And also the kind of development of a child's um, kind of, of the foundations that are laid in, in the, the earliest years that kind of promote good functioning and good mental health and well-being in, in later life. Um, and I know, I mean, today, thank you for being able to offer us this opportunity to promote and raise, the aware, the, the raise awareness of the importance of infant mental health. Um, what we probably need to think about is actually linking infant mental health with parent mental health because they go together they 're so interlinked uh, we 're thinking about when um, when things are going well for babies and for the parents they they both benefit and mutually thrive
0: mm, that is so true isn 't it that they 're very much interlinked and and, and you can 't really separate them but even looking at maternal mental health and I know you branch over both areas indeed and in what you do um, it's difficult to get that message across we have had lots of anxieties or especially over COVID around with parents not knowing what's happening what's going on and and uh, what to expect when they go into delivery and when they take baby home so they often think about I suppose their own mental health but when I wonder do they think about what how they can improve their their infant's mental health at that stage, what and how could they do it? And I know this year there's a big campaign around uh, looking after infant mental health. So maybe we can link into that the vision of what's happening this week in relation to infant mental health and what's happening to help parents to increase their knowledge.
1: Yes, of course. Thank you. So. Um, the, um, we talk about the importance of the first 1001 days, and what we mean by that is from conception and all through pregnancy up until the age of a child is two, these are what we mean by the kind of critical days the first 1001 days. And this is where the foundation for the baby's well being is laid. And you're right to think about well, what can parents do? So, the most important thing we think about is this this begins um, before birth. This begins this process of helping um, a baby to have a healthy development. When a mom feels um, supported in pregnancy, so she needs to have her physical care, but also her emotional support um, to be cared for so that she can stay healthy, stay calm, stay relaxed. And we know that this is what promotes the healthy brain development for the baby um and it's it's literally a baby's brain is built to the neural pathways and all the connections in the baby's brain are laid down during pregnancy and then going forward as as the baby grows so we want we want women to um make sure they access um care make sure that they um have the support of close family and and that they Um, build trusting relationships with professionals so that they can be um, supported the best through their pregnancy and that will help set the foundations for their baby's future well-being as
0: well. Yeah uh, that's very interesting you talk about brain development and brain facts uh, because we spoke about that previously on shows over the years and I still get messages from our parents and they're still thinking that what does a baby understand? A baby just needs to be fed and then Burped, then put down to sleep and had the nappies changed. And that's all you do. That's all what's it's about. Why do I do? nothing else, nothing else matters. You're smiling. I can see that. Smile <laughs> there. I guess,
1: I guess that you're right. That sometimes people do think that, but that's, I wish, you know, we could get the message out there around how, how sensitive babies are to emotions and to the kind of world around them and how, li- how their brain isn't yet at a stage where they can regulate their emotions on their own. So, baby relies on the parents to try and um, tune into their their feelings, and, and, and particularly if they're um, having upset or distressed or, or unwell or, or or just not sure what's going on, um, they need the parent to kind of really try and understand and, and feed back through to the child um, that understanding and that emotional support. It might be through um, tone of voice it's really important that babies can see their their parents faces that they feel held that they're close to a trusted adult that they feel loved and cared for and then if they're having distress it's the adult that helps um, the child learn to manage difficult feelings and distressing feelings so they really are kind of absorbing everything around them in their in their environment, in their family, in their their community, in their culture. And they need, they rely so much on the parents and the trusted caregivers to kind of help them with that difficult, difficult process.
0: then there'll be parents that will say, especially I think grandparents and uh, may come in and say, but you're spoiling the baby, you're (laughs) uh, you're picking up the baby and uh, every time baby cries, that's spoiling the baby. I, I think it's quite hard to get that message across that this is not spoiling the baby. Um, you, you can't, hmm.
1: yeah, you're right, Catherine. You can't spoil a baby with love. Hmm. Um, and a, a baby needs that. They, 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 they thrive when they're in a, a positive um, relationship with trusted adults. They need um, to just have sensitive, attuned caregiving. Um, what I mean by that is when parents are loving reliable and, and actually able to respond to the baby. Um, it, it's a trap really to fo- to fall into if you think a baby's um, going to be spoiled or they're somewhere being naughty or manipulative. A baby can't Um, they can't manage the the feelings on their own. They need that parent to kind of help support them and to process the difficult emotions on their behalf, really, and kind of manage that for them. Um, So you definitely can't spoil a baby, um, but they need need simple things, that close touch, skin-to-skin contact, possibly, eye contact, the voice to just know that parents nearby to be held and loved and cuddled, those things aren't going to spoil a baby. They're what they need and what they thrive on. And is this
0: just immediately when they're babies and very young that they thrive on this, that this is important at this stage? Or is this something that for them as growing up and children later on, we hear a lot of information now talking about baby brains and the importance of that. So is that just for early years, I'm trying to ask, or is it for later on? It's, it's, it's lifelong, but obviously
1: it starts, so as you pointed out, it starts in the womb. When, when when parents can start to bond with their baby by talking to the baby in the womb or by stroking and play, you know, singing to their baby in the womb, those interactions set the future kind of landscape, really. So when baby's born, the minute by minute and day-to-day kind of experiences that the baby has that, that shapes their relationships for their, their template, really, of what they expect relationships and how they look to relate to others. So that process begins before birth,
0: carries on when a baby's born, but is lifelong. And this, I presume, then is the path, like putting down foundations of a path for them, for their lives, for how they grow and how they lead their lives, how they make friendships, how they bond with others, how they, what they want to achieve maybe later on in life. Of course, yes, because
1: that the, the first relationship with the parent is what we hope forms the kind of secure attachment. Mm-hmm. And it's from the basis of having a secure attachment with a trusted, uh, you know, k- close parent. And that's how children then, well, babies, and young children feel safe to explore their emi- environment. And in this way, they're supported to grow, to learn to thrive. And as you say, it's, it's kind of how they learn to be in relationship with other people outside their family. It sets them up to, to to know how to kind of manage relationships beyond the family. Great.
0: So it is really important when we're talking about secure attachment and we're talking this week about infant mental health. It is really important for us to get that message across to our listeners who can spread this message to their friends to their families to their sister-in-laws whoever is listening in we need to get this message across that this is so important and actually probably not just our women listening in I think our dads and our males (laughs) listening in as well yeah need to spread this message across so there's a role there for men as well in in, in infant mental health
1: of course because Mm -hmm. if we think about it when we think of a baby we think about them being in the relationship with usually mother but that 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 relationship between parent and infant needs the support of father and then um, extended family, close family, neighbours, friends. So it's like a community, we we use that phrase, don't we? It takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. So that that sense of connection and support and and community and culture around a child is, um, yeah, dads have a very important role in that.
0: So probably, if we're talking about Birmingham, it takes a city to to raise a child. Yeah. Look at at all this—the organisations that are involved, and all the help and support that is out there that can help people and support people uh, in in doing this and in getting that secure attachment. Dad's—I'm going back to dad's role again because you know we, as a community and as communities, we're often overlooking the importance of dads, and sometimes dads feel that they are pushed out. Um, because this is the, the mother's terrain and that's culturally too and sometimes the, the the mom takes kind of control of everything and it's like her kitchen she was keep our kitchen big and span you know so keeping babies especially in the early years and but it could also be because she's breastfeeding and it's actually her she's in contact more with the baby than dads and dads feel they don't always have that important role. So um, I know we've been trying to get dads in on our programs and more involved and, and actually talking to mums about this and saying, don't just give dads the message up because that is what we're finding, that when they mums come and say to dads, yes, you need to bond with your baby, go change their nappy, <laughs> something <laughs> like this. So you recommend that skin-to-skin with dads as well and increasing yeah. that bond and having that fun time with dads? Absolutely.
1: And just, just um, one of the things I recommend when I'm working with parents is that idea of just soothing calming breathing so if a a mom or a dad can actually hold baby to their heart to their chest and then tune into the baby's breath this will this will help the baby to regulate their heartbeat and their breathing to feel safe to listen to the baby to the mom or dad's heartbeat it's that kind of it reminds them of being in the womb and that actually gives them the safety and the security that growing feeling of attachment and bonding that all happens when they're held and as I say that but young babies don't need lots of toys they just need they're, they're secure adult, they're close parent vigor and
0: lots of love. That's good to know because sometimes parents will spend a lot of money too on toys or feel that they're missing out if they don't have toys for, for children to engage in activities. But it's you're saying it's that contact, it's is that personal contact, that one-to-one with either the mum or the dad or both in there and, and having that time, that quality and time, that relationship, building that relationship, getting to know each other. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It's things
1: like the tone of voice, Mm. singing, Mm. gentle touch, rocking, swaying, all those things. That's what a baby needs. A baby is born ready to relate to humans. That's, Mm. That's what they seek, that social connection. They're social babies. They seek that connection from... From eye contact, from um, familiar sounds, because babies will recognise parents' voices from having heard them in the womb. So they come out and seek. the sort of they want to see the baby, the mother's face, and tune in to the mother's uh, voice and, and mm-hmm. being held. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So then, are, are babies then similar, or are they different in how they have temperaments, etc.? How can we uh, nurture them to have a a good nature, is there a way we can do that?
1: I think it, you're raising a really good point here, it's really important that actually parents get to know their baby, that mm-hmm. transition to parenthood, we all have that idea of what will our baby be like and that's really important but actually when baby arrives, you've, we encourage parents to really tune in to the baby and that baby's temperament because all babies are unique, we, we don't want to sort of compare babies to other babies or different stages that other babies are doing. Um, And just really get to know your baby, get to know, the sort of routines that work for you and for your baby um we research lets us know that um babies have different temperaments so some babies are sort of slow to warm up and some babies are kind of ready and active and on the go very quickly from from the from the off sort of thing so it's actually helping parents to tune into their own baby's unique temperature temperament and just getting um, just just following the baby's lead, really, taking the cue from the baby, a baby will let you know when they're um, ready to play, when they're ready to interact, when they're ready to learn. But they'll also let you know by subtle signals that they need a rest, that they're tired or that there's sort of too much busyness going on and they might just need some quiet time. Um, so we talk about engagement and disengagement cues. Mm-hmm. So we, we help parents to, to tune in to their baby's cues to let them know what, what the baby needs from them at that moment in time because it will
0: change at different points in time. And is there some cues that parents really need to pick up on that are there? Um, they should know about this. They should be alert about this.
1: For some of the things like, when, you know, the, the ones we would expect when, you, when a baby's cooing, babbling, mm-hmm. when they're reaching towards the parent, when they're maybe um, kind of moving their arms and legs in a kind mm-hmm. of nice way, in an excited way, they might, they'll look relaxed. Um, they'll be looking to the parent, their eyes will be wide and bright. Those are what we call the engagement cues. And that's when your baby wants you to talk to them, to play with them, to sing to them. But if a baby is kind of starting to to, to show a sad face or look away or pull away, or or they might start to kind of arch their back or... um, kind of just look a little bit frowny or sad, um, so their eyes a little bit less mm-hmm. bright, then it may just be that it could be that they're tired, it could be that they they need a feed or something, but sometimes they just need a pause, they just need some quiet time, a rest from stimulation, and then they can come back and be busy again. But that, that the, the, the stimulation can kind of be overwhelming, and so we help parents really tune in to when their baby's telling them that they need a rest and a bit of a pace, a slower pace.
0: So that's important that parents know that they should be, yes, time for play, but also time for rest So and tuning into when is the correct times to do that. And it's good that you mentioned that because sometimes if if, uh, parents have had um, more than one child, they're often comparing the new baby to the other children and think they're going to be the same. No,
1: so that every baby will be unique. Although babies have a kind of a genetic inheritance and and there may be some similarities in families, that baby's um, journey and experience will be unique to them and what happens in their environment will kind of be... Be, be very individual to that baby um, and so yeah we ask parents to trust their instincts and to kind of follow the baby's lead and to kind of just really tune in and um get to know your the, the, this this baby which whether it's your your first or or or, or later baby
0: Mm. So interesting, isn't it? Uh, all of this I find it just fascinating and it's wonderful having you here with us today, Kathy, to explain it all to to us about the importance of tuning into babies and understanding babies and being aware of babies. And I'm, I'm sure there's lots of psychological reports and uh, papers and on all of this on brain function and what helps brain function, but for lots of uh, parents listening, and it might be the first time for them to even think about something like this and think about the importance and think about how are they spending time with with their baby? What are they doing? What activities are they doing there? How they're interacting, how they're uh, cuddling with babies. And, and if they've had a few children at home, especially nowadays in lockdown where you've got your your children, maybe your toddler, maybe your, school going children also you're trying to do work with them they may not have that sufficient time to be able to spend that with uh, if it was with a new baby if it was their first baby it'd be easier than uh, with having the extended family because now they're on top of everything else they're teaching their children as well so they're in another role so we stretch everybody has been stretched to, indeed in this so is there any kind of tips that you could give parents around that around helping them to um to to dedicate some time to their babies indeed uh, so that they don't feel guilty at the end of the day <laughs> So
1: That's a, a, a good question. It, I mean, obviously, things are really challenging, aren't they, with the COVID um, crisis? Mm, mm. And, and we know that this is adding a lot of strain to, to kind of young children and their parents. I guess for me, one of the most important things is to try and help a parent think about how they're feeling and how they're coping. And we need, we need um, parents to feel that their own emotional needs and their own self-care is... Um, at, at its best really, because we, we ask so much of them. It's the hardest job in the world, isn't it, to be a parent, um, the best job, but the, one of the, you know, the hardest. And so I, I guess I urge parents to really think about how they get the balance between um, what they need to keep themselves going so that they can meet their children's needs um, and to ask for help and to seek support um, if they're having concerns about how they're managing. I know it's harder at the moment to kind of have support from outside of the family, but there's there are um, there's some really helpful websites and and information, and and perhaps you know at the end of this, I can somehow get share some information for you to to share with listeners if they want to kind of look up links for different websites. but, but yes, that self-care and, and, and just staying calm and knowing knowing how your your own emotional kind of thermometer is really. Because if a baby is getting um, distressed and a parent's getting kind of anxious or, or, or stressed themselves, it will become harder to, to sort of soothe the baby. We need parents to kind of feel they're able to regulate their own emotions to then be able to have the availability to meet the baby's emotional needs.
0: Wonderful thank you that uh, explains very very well. I know Cathy. this week is a really busy week for you. Uh, we have this uh, the infant mental health campaign this week and I know you're involved in that and people are hearing about uh, infant mental health hopefully over the internet over different platforms of what's going on. Where would people go to for support? What would they do? Where could they attend or go to or what could, who should they be their first point of contact?
1: So the first point of contact I'd recommend is um, during pregnancy is obviously your midwife and when your baby's been, um, after six weeks old, your health visitor or GP. Um, obviously, they're, they're the people that are, are, know you well and, and can provide the care that's, that's right for you. If people want to kind of learn more about some of the things we've been talking about, Kathleen, um, there's there's the, the app that you and I both recommend to parents called Baby Buddy app. It's a free app. It's um, got amazing information, lots of video, um, information really really um, helpful you can type in questions and get answers you can get information all through your pregnancy and when your child young to help you. There's also um, some really lovely videos, very short videos that people can watch on um, the Association for Infant Mental Health and that's a, a series of resources for parents called getting to know your baby and there's videos about sleep states and engagement and um, helping your baby to soothe and to get to sleep, uh, dealing with crying, those kind of things. Um, for the campaign um, so the, the campaign I have said it's called um 2020 vision and this year we're looking at the world seeing the world through the baby's eyes and so if people want to look up um if they google hashtag i m h a w 2020 that's infant mental health awareness week 2020 or they can google 1001 days um which will give it all so information about baby brain development and what what is it for mental health and why it matters, all those, there's some really exciting kind of videos and articles and links and things that people can, can access. Um, and I think, I, I was hoping that I could maybe provide some links for your uh, website, The Approachable Parenting, as a res- follow up to this
0: uh, conversation, where I can send some information if people want to kind of look on that as well. Brilliant. Mashallah. There's a lot going on. Isn't there? There's a lot happening this week with all this information out there for for people. And uh, I know the BabyBuddy app that you mentioned. So if listeners are so tuned into this, uh, please go on to uh, our Facebook page or Instagram page. you can get it in different languages. Do download it and access all that information that is there for free. Wow. 300 videos for free. So it's a really great resource uh, for people and, and will help in this. And um, then Kathy also mentioned some other things that are happening. There's a lot happening actually in social media this week and uh, the Infant Mental Health Organization are doing things. And, um, so, so much going on. I think people will, if they go on social media, they will find a lot of information, useful resources there, useful tips for them indeed to link in. Uh, and of course, if they're worried in the meantime, yes, you mentioned, thank you for reminding our listeners of that, of their midwives, of their health visitors, their GP. All the services are working. NHS, everybody is working as usual to to access these services and everybody is there offering support and help. Wonderful. Uh, Listeners, after commercial break, we are coming back to another guest uh, still talking about infant mental health. So do tune into us after the commercial break and you will um, be inspired again hearing about uh, the importance of infant mental health. Thank you so much, Cathy, for coming on the show, for giving up your time. I know you're very, very busy and we were so lucky to have you. Thank you again. For it my time. pleasure.
1: Thank you, Kathleen. Bye
0: bye.